everyone. Welcome to Jalla Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. On this episode, I am joined by a guest to review 1981's Murder Obsession. In the film, a scandal from an actor's past resurfaces when he visits his mother's home with the director and crew from a recent movie project. My guest is a frequent contributor to Jalla the Month Club. He's a musician, filmmaker, cat lover, fellow podcaster, Wade Brown. I'm back. You're back. You're snuggling a cat. I am back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Michael Scott. (laughs) Wade, what have you been watching since uh, last time you were here in February? Fun anecdote. I've not watched The Office for like three years, but I can quote it. So I've been watching uh, some really trash reality, but good movies at the same time. Okay. So for the trash reality, I've watched uh, Milf Manor. Oh my gosh. I caught the Lisa first- Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 and 5 is in it. What? Yes. Her and her son. From the beginning? No, no. She comes in like halfway. Okay. I was yeah. about to say. One, I of them, saw... one of them leave and a new batch come got in. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I saw the very first episode- uh, New Year's Eve weekend in Ocean City, Maryland, oh, which is classic. like the peak, the peak, the peak place to watch trash television. I could not believe my eyes, and that's the only episode I ever I saw was the very first one. All of the episodes, it's creepy and weird. I do not recommend. You know, I will recommend it. It's so bad, but I will say I don't. I hope there's not a second season, and I hope there's not a spinoff oh. of. The genders flipped, because dads and daughters are probably gross. I call it DILF duplex. TLC. And then I started watching Dance Moms on Tubi. It's such trash. It's like trash. And Christy's a dance teacher and student, so... She's a dance mom, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Though her cat is not in dance. We try, but it doesn't work. For movies, I don't know if I talked about Knock at the Cabin. I may have. I may have. It was was A-OK fine. Um, The one time End Night doesn't do anything off the rails of the ending is when he should have. Yes. That reminds me, I bought the book when I saw that movie and I read 10 pages of it and have not picked it back up since. Which I need to. It's a good book to read in a cabin. Okay. Uh, I watched, uh, I did like a marathon of the Police Story movies. Okay. Well, the first three, I didn't do Police Story 4. Mm-hmm. But Police Story 3 has Michelle Yeoh. Yes. So Michelle, Michelle Yeoh and Jackie Chan in a kung fu comedy. A plus. Would recommend. It's on Criterion Channel. Loved it. But the two big movies I watched recently, uh, John Wick 4. Hell yeah. Yes. <sighs> Donnie Yen. Daddy. Daddy Yen. Yen. He's really good blind, I realize. Yeah, yeah. Um, thing. And the most recent thing I watched was Evil Dead Rises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Evil Dead I, Rise. Evil Dead Rise, yes. Yeah. It, this is a theme of me messing up movie names. <laughs> um, but Evil Dead Rise. What did you think about it? It was awesome. I loved it. There's some things I'm very like, what? Of like, uh, the thing was built on top of a bank that also is a tomb. I was very like... I would love to be on a fly on the wall who wrote that. Because there's so many choices of, like, why did you specifically write this character this way? Why does the one kid that's a DJ, why does mm. he have Larry, Moe, and Curly on his freaking... Uh, I didn't even notice that. They, like, it's one above his bed. Mm. When he's DJing, you see, like, Moe and Curly. And I'm like, why would a 
kid that's like 20 have... Is he Larry? I don't know. Hmm. Um... But I thought it was awesome. Maybe it's something deeper than we're realizing. And there's a lot of people that, that really like very snobby about it. It's no, it was oh awesome. God. I went into you had a good it, review. Yeah, so I went into it with very low expectations again. But I like I had to see it. I went to the Alamo Draft House in Crystal City, Virginia, which is just outside of Washington D.C. Um, I love that theater. Well, first of all, I love the Alamo Draft House theaters, but of the D.C. locations, the Crystal City one is the best one. It was so fun. There, I mean, the the theater was packed. It wasn't. I don't think it was sold out, but it was. It was quite packed. There was a lot of squirming and yelling and eye covering, and that opening title sequence was so good. Oh, I so love good. that opening title sequence, and I'm so glad that those first ten minutes. Um, actually, let's not let's not get into it. It'll be a spoiler. No. Um, but I am glad that the movie is opening up to the possibility of having an Evil Dead film every few years. They did a thing uh, in the movie. It's near the end. I'm not going to spoil what it is. But they do something different with the Evil Dead lore of, like, it's real Cronenberg, real uh-huh. uh, society. I've never seen an Evil Dead movie, but it's, like, it's perfect for this. Yeah. And it has all the homages. It has a shotgun. It has a Chainsaw. chainsaw. It's got it's got um the the quick neck kind of like camera work. We were just talking about video games right before we started recording, and all of the shots, the people shots out into the hallway from the apartment, they all remind me of a video game. Like this would be a good pivot to a a video game. Like maybe it's a, a spin, maybe it's a DLC for the uh, Evil Dead video game. Yeah, the maybe. new the one they did a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, in the pre-show they had um, the commercial for the for the Evil Dead video game, and it had yeah. Bruce Campbell in it. What's up? What's sad? I know. I saw something. A friend of mine on Instagram posted it. They saw at Benji's Drive-In, Evil Dead Rise, and the original Evil Dead. And I'm like, that would have been great at a drive-in. they Benji's typically does not have horror films, but I've noticed within the past year or so, maybe it's under different management. I'll have to look into it. But they've been doing cool devil features and like hard R movies. They should also show a trailer for Talk to Me. Oh, uh, the new A24 horror yeah, movie? I yeah. thought it was going to be a monkey paw movie. Well, it isn't. Well, it has a hand. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a monkey paw thing. That's not a monkey paw. No. That was a hand. No. No. <laughs> it was a human hand, not a monkey paw. Then they paw. showed, uh, <laughs> that's all the movies I watched. Well, aside from, I know you're probably going to talk about Joe Bob, so. Oh, yeah. Last yeah. Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. Of course I, I am. I put that on my notes, but I didn't want to mention it because I know you would. So season five kicked off nearly a week ago. With Zombie and the Beyond. Fulci Night. Fulci. Fulci Night, which was great. I wasn't sure if it was going to be an Argento Night or a Fulci Night, just based on the hints. I'm never very good at picking out which movies they are ahead of time. I'm never good at it. And it's fine, because I like to be surprised, and I just enjoy myself. And Joe Bob was having such a miserable time with the talk show. He hated it. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't last drive-in. It was uh, late drive-in. Joe Bob didn't like that format. But it was funny. It was amazing. Yeah. I loved, um, I fell asleep, but I did catch up on, uh, uh, David, I can't say his last That's name. Malchin. Yeah. Uh, I loved how he was the animal wrangler. Mm-hmm. Like, Sophie. He had to, he had Sophie to, the snake. You had to have someone to do it. And Peachy's, spoiler, Peach's 
did come out of her dressing room. Peaches finally came out. Uh, David is hosting the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards that are happening yes. uh, a few Sundays from now. I May 21st. Yes. Don't quote me on this. I do not have a calendar right offhand. But Sunday, May something, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards streaming on Shudder. Uh, my girlfriend, she never watched... I don't think she's ever seen a Fulci film, period. Okay. So I don't think she's watched like, an Italian horror film yet. So I'm like... She was like, this is amazing. Cool. Like, the effects are amazing. Yeah. Like, when they're rising from the grave, that great Fabio uh, Frizzy theme. Yeah. The zombie theme. Oh, chills. So good. And she's yeah. like, I'm It's tired. much better than I remember. And she went to bed after that. And I'm like, well. You're gonna There's still to, another movie. You're going to need to be awake for The Beyond. And The so Beyond is so good. I always forget how good The Beyond the is. The like, is so haunting. It's so, I don't know. There's so many elements of that movie that I love. Of course, I love the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I always comment on like the bridge scene, how I'm like, that's so iconic. And just, I needed a shot of that just framed in my house. And the ending um, is just the ending is, haunting. The ending is great. And it's so nightmarish. And yeah. It oh, reminds so me of um, Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Because that ending is, that transmission is still ingrained in my brain from Prince of Darkness. So good. Anyway. And of course, since the last time you were here, I've watched Scream 6 uh, about six times. I promised <laughs> off camera, I did promise I was going to watch the movie and I just didn't. Didn't have time. <laughs> so I saw it five times in the theater and then it just premiered on, for streaming on Paramount Plus a few days ago. So then I rewatched it now that it's streaming because, again, yes, off camera, you said that you were going to watch it. So I was like, well, let me do a six viewing refresher and you didn't watch it. It gives me a chance to promote the film, which I clearly liked and enjoyed. I see you on Twitter promoting it all the time. <laughs> I think you're tagging them. It's better than five. Yes, I, I can already tell from the trailer based on theme alone, it's better than five. Watch the first 10 minutes and you will know why I keep tweeting about it. Okay. Dar- do they do a Dario Wario reference? Maybe they do. Oh, okay. Maybe they do. What's your? Do you prefer Fulci or Argento? You'll get a text from me this weekend after I watch it yeah. and you're like, I get it! <laughs> <laughs> I get why you were tweeting everyone in the cast from your Jalo account. Speaking of Jalo, let's talk about murder obsession. Sure. Or as I... Call it every time I search it in Letterboxd and Amazon, Murder Obsessed. Murder Obsession. Well, much like a lot of Italian films, it does have multiple titles, so... I would love to know what they are. Where are they? So, Murder Obsession uh, was released on home video in the U.S. as Fear and The Wailing. Okay. Uh, And then internationally, it is known as Murder Syndrome. Basically, if you type in Google, like, Murder Obsession 1981, everything says, like, Murder Syndrome 1981. I did notice that. So, I mean, it wasn't, that's not, like, much of a spoiler, but, you know, that is something to look out for if you are an international listener and you are trying to watch this film. It could be under Murder Syndrome. Michael is a successful actor, but he has a scandal in his past. When he was a young boy, he stabbed his father to death. The actor and his girlfriend, Deborah, go to his mother, Glenda's Victorian-era mansion for a weekend getaway. They are soon joined by the director and crew from a recent film project. The guests are given a rather cold welcome by Michael's mother and her superstitious housekeeper, Oliver. It's not long before dead bodies begin to pile up. Is it a caught at the heart of these killings, or are Michael's fears about his past starting to come true? This episode will contain spoilers... This is your spoiler warning. You can watch Murder Obsession on Canopy for free. Did you watch it on Amazon? I watched it on Amazon. Did you pay you for can, it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> because 
Because Letterboxd did not say it was on Canopy. It just said it was on YouTube and uh, Amazon. Do you have Canopy listed as one of your services on Letterboxd? I don't know if I do, but I do have Canopy on my phone. Okay. Well, I can Here's whoever... a pro tip for Wade and listeners. You can you can add the programs and the apps that you have available or that you own or, you know, whatever you have downloaded onto your Letterboxd account so that it'll tell you if the movie is on those. Well. Did you pay, what, $4 for this? No, it was like. Two? It was like $2. Okay. okay yeah, I didn't, okay. I rented it. I could have bought it for $5, but I didn't want to take the mm. risk. Mm. So I just rented it. And hopefully whoever has the estate of this movie. <laughs> And gets the money. I hope you enjoy my $2 plus tax. For everyone else, you can watch it on Canopy. Be the smart For one. free. It's in English, but no closed captioning. Was there closed caption on yeah, Amazon? I, yeah, I could There that. was? There was yeah. closed caption? Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe that's worth your two bucks. I mean, because I can't hear without my subtitles. Yeah, I can't hear without reading. <laughs> <laughs> and Amazon has a cool thing. Shout out to Amazon, because no other streaming services, I think, doesn't have this. Where you can adjust the size of the font. Which I'm like, also, I like that when you pause the film on Amazon, it, you like, it tells who's in the cast. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yes. Because if you watch them, you're like, who is this? That's going to drive you crazy. It. You have to Google yeah. it. Oh, you just pause it. Yeah. Well, then sometimes you still, you're like, I don't know who that is. And then you still have to Google it. But yeah. they tried. Yeah. All right. Now that we've got the spoiler warning out of the way, I'm going to pull a wade, a wade on everyone. Uh-oh. Murder obsession, more like mother obsession. Am I right? Uh, (laughs) This is Jallo the Month Club's Mother's Day episode. And we didn't watch Bo Isn't Afraid. I have not seen it yet because it's not playing at the Good Draft House. It's also three hours long. (laughs) Someone says the Citizen's Kane of mother issues. Okay. Well, this episode was completely unplanned. A good coincidence, I, you know, I sent over the watch list to Wade and was like, hey, you want to be on an episode here? Pick, pick from a couple. And this was the one that made it. And then it just happened to be a Mother's Day themed episode. It's like a Jallo. There's a twist and a lot of coincidences. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening towards the end. Yes. But hang in there, guys. I, I promise it's worth it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's worth it. 100%. I meant this episode. Oh, well, I meant, I meant the, the, the episode and the movie. <laughs> Released in 1981, Murder Obsession includes such jalo elements as female nudity, a leather-gloved killer, an unnecessary acoustic guitar scene, JMV whiskey, there's also a black mass, a live chicken beheading, a gross rape scene, and a random giant spider. Oh, yeah, and, and red paint. Blood? blood? Yeah, for blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. real blood. Oh, yeah. That was a real spider, too. Real fake. (laughs) (laughs) Filming of Murder Obsession took place over three weeks in April of 1980, mostly on a commune in Italy. This is director Ricardo Frida's final film. He was a director in a variety of genres, including sword and sandal, horror, giallo, and spy films. Ricardo began directing with Ivan Vampiri in 1956. This was the first Italian horror film of the sound era. Despite being the first, the Italian horror genre didn't really take off until Mario Baba's film Black Sunday was released internationally. 
And then in a strange coincidence, Ricardo is also known as being a mentor for Mario Bava. So they have that connection where Ricardo's first film kind of launched the genre, but then there was there were no films for a while, and then he ends up working with Bava, and then Bava, of course, has the amazing Black Sunday. Yeah. Murder Obsession is an Italian and French co-production. Its origins begin in the 1960s. Around 1969, Fabio Piccioni wrote a short story titled The Cry of Capricorn, which he later adapted into an adult comic book. Living across from the office of Salvatore Argento, Fabio approached Salvatore and sold him the rights to The Cry of Capricorn. Some elements would later appear in Dario Argento's films The Bird with a Crystal Plumage and Deep Red. Fabio would use elements of this story again years later in a contemporary setting with a script co-written by Antonio Corti. This script would become Murder Obsession. The original title of the film was Deliria, and its script is nearly exactly what is used in this film with only a few characters' names changed. With these characters come the cast. We have Stefano Patrizzi as Michael Stanford. Though there really isn't a central protagonist, and there's a lot of stuff going on plot-wise, Murder Obsession's main character would be the actor Michael, supported by his girlfriend and the rest of the film crew. Or as I call him, Derek Foreman. He does. <laughs> <laughs> He's Eric Foreman's uh, long, 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 long great uncle. From uh, Italy. Derek <laughs> Foreman, with his mustache and big hair and hairy butt. Yeah, he did not have a conventional leading man look about him. No. The casting of him as a kid, though, was pretty good. Yes. Yeah, it, like, I'm like, that could be definitely be him when he was a kid. Like, he's a little, yeah. little wiry guy. We have Sylvia Dionasio as Deborah, Michael's girlfriend. Uh, Sylvia was previously married to Ruggiero Diodato, who we've talked about a bunch on this podcast. And I haven't seen any of her other films, but I was definitely intrigued. There were a lot of, like, sexy, smutty, smutty things on her filmography. Blood for Dracula and Holiday Hookers are two that I want to check out. Oh, she's in Blood for Dracula? Yeah, have you seen that one? I own Blood for Dracula. Nice! It's at Warhol, uh, and also Flesh for Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, Blood for Dracula is... She might be in that one, too. I don't know. uh, Blood for Dracula is definitely the better of the two. Okay. And it's also... The blood, I can't explain it. It's probably the wimpiest, fragile vampire I've ever seen in my life, but it's amazing. We have Martine Burchard as Shirley. She was in Eyeball. We have Henry Garcine as Hans, who has like a sick motorcycle shot, and he has the J&B whiskey scene. He's the bad boy, I He's would really say. bad boy. He's the bad boy of the group. <laughs> John Richardson plays Oliver, who is the housekeeper, butler, servant to Glenda the Mother. Um, He was in Black Sunday, Torso, The Church. It's been in really cool films. We have Laura Gemzier as Burrell. She was in a ton of exploitation films, like the Emmanuel series. She's she's the one that's in nudie stuff? Oh, wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like she got nude Nude. twice in a film. Yes, like completely full frontal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. I am shocked, but not angry at it. Yes. (laughs) Last but not least, we have Mother Dearest Glenda, played by Anita Strindberg. 
featured in a ton of Jalo, including Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have a Key and Puzzle, which I've previously reviewed on this podcast. She gives a great performance as a woman twice her actual age. She's actually closer to the age of all of the other characters in yeah, the I, film. I could, uh, yeah, she's not that old. Murder Obsession begins with a fairly typical Jalo set piece, in which a killer attacks a beautiful, naked woman and murders her on screen. Except this scene is actually from a film set. Yeah. This is a movie within a movie, and once that scene has been shot, we meet our leading man, Michael Stanford. Michael is starting to feel the pressure from his job, along with his traumatic past, as he almost kills his co-star in that opening scene. Uh, Michael decides he needs a vacation! Yes, he does. So he sets off with his girlfriend, Deborah, to his childhood home. He hasn't been home in years because he murdered his father in the house when he was a kid. This event has left his mother, Glenda, mentally disturbed over the years. She's quiet, but dressed to the nines in flowy gowns as she parades around the massive estate. Things seem to be going well at first, despite some jealousy from the mother and some bizarre incestuous overtones on the part of Michael. But then members of the movie crew show up to check out possible film locations on the property. From here, things start to get weird, as one of the female characters starts to have nightmares about a cult. Michael decides to confess to his friends that he murdered his father during a psychotic episode when he was a child. As a result, Michael is immediately suspected as the culprit when his friends start getting killed. With a runtime of 92 minutes, we have six kills total, with most of them not taking place until the third act and also happening off camera. We have the stabbing of Michael's father from a few different points of view, sexy brunette gutted with a hunting knife, an axe to the head, and a decapitation with a chainsaw. Mm. Sudden axe to the head, and then immediately followed sudden chainsaw in the dark room. Yeah, it's a movie that really builds up to the kills, and boy, do they kill people. Yeah, yeah, they're good. What, what was your favorite one? The chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, I like the chainsaw a lot uh, because you actually see it. It's also adds like a nice little jump there. Oh, oh, I was kind of like low energy, and then that picked me up. Oh, and it's perfect because it's right at that at climax area. I also like the drowning. Uh, she wasn't like really killed in the uh, oh the tub. tub. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. No, not successful. In, yeah, but in that was a killing. cool atmosphere. So. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. and yeah. it definitely. I mean that yeah that happened earlier in the film where it's like. Oh gosh, they're really doing it. And the stabbing was pretty cool in a very Rashomon style of like the perspectives. Yeah, there were a lot of red herrings, a lot of um, unique kills in this one, which I really liked. A little all over the place as far as I feel like it was a low budget film because the effects were low budget, but it was those low budget effects have a charm to them. It's very in the middle of the road for me. I found myself kind of like trailing off. It has such a low energy, and then it spends, like, a good 15 minutes of the movie on a dream sequence. The dream sequence is excellent, and it's probably one of my favorite things, because the spider. <laughs> I was not expecting the giant spider, fake spider, but then it led to, like, the occult I think and satanic on, stuff. I'm like, what? I think on either Canopy or Letterbox, like, the main picture is the sp- the her getting spooked by the spider, so it's like that alone is giving such different vibes than like what the first hour of the movie is. Yes. Uh, the first 30 minutes is like whatever. Uh, it's not, not breaking any molds. It's very fine. Uh, but the dream sequence was like, what is going on? And, and like 
they spent 10, 15 minutes on just a dream sequence. And that's where it got me interested. That's just like a, a like just nuts and bolts kind of person. Like, why would you do... I'm interested now. And then mm-hmm. everything starts snowballing. Yeah. And stuff like that. And uh, I kept making fun of Derek Foreman a lot. And also, <laughs> I forget his name. He looks like Edward James Olmos. Hans? Hans. Yeah, it's okay. Hans. He looks like... I was calling him Ed, Edward James Olmos the entire time. Because he, he was like dressed like he's about to teach these kids uh, algebra or something. Yeah. Once there was a dream sequence in the spider and like all of like the fun kind of stuff uh, and like the set pieces, like it really had me interested. The first hour of this is a complete slog and the ending is a total downer. Not on board with this one at first, but the ending brought me back around, even though it is a bummer. <laughs> it felt like there was two directors. One was doing the boring stuff and yeah. then they handed the baton for the, la- the last mm-hmm. half of the film. And that person ran with it and ran to the toy store and ran yeah. to Party City yeah. for, a, for a spider. You yeah. Know. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the film is like part Jalo, part slasher, and then it has an unusual style referencing classical art and music with imagery and a soundtrack by Claudio Simonetti. Then in the third act of the film, it's revealed that Michael's mother, Glenda, is indeed crazed and she was the one that killed his father all those years ago. Glenda then tries to kill Michael and is found by the girlfriend Deborah in the black magic basement from Deborah's dreams, cradling Michael's nearly lifeless body. Very, uh, uh, Mary holding Jesus's body after the crucifixion kind of art. There's also the red herring of, like, she had an accomplice that she basically pinned the kills with, and then the elaborate where Michael breaks in and there's a tape recording that goes on for, like, ten minutes. Uh, oh yeah! Everything. Oh, yeah. it was actually your mother, and also I, Oliver was clairvoyant. Yeah. Right. Psychic. Yeah. I also loved this part. Was like this character is the dumb. Michael's the dumbest person in the world. Basically, he re he listens that whole thing, that whole uh, audio recording, that whole vinyl record, and then he has to look at the pictures. Of the paparazzi in the woods, of him with, with her killing um, Beryl. Mm-hmm. Beryl, what was Beryl. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, you didn't figure that yet? No. The tape recorder just told you. You have to look at the pictures for more proof. Like, yeah. you, you moron. There's no brain because well, they that need giant Because they needed to pad out that runtime. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what they needed to do. Yeah. And you just brought up such a good point and something that really stuck out to me. Near the end, when Michael is dying in his mother's arms, the image is almost identical to the famous sculpture Piazza by Michelangelo. This work of art depicts the body of Jesus on the lap of his mother Mary. Piazza means pity or compassion and represents Mary contemplating the dead body of her son. This religious-themed sculpture is designed to evoke sorrow within the viewer as it portrays a mother that has lost her child despite it being a divine sacrifice. Which they just shoehorned <laughs> in this movie. The statue shows the Virgin Mary with Jesus after he has been taken down from the cross. This subject matter would have been known to many Italians as one of the key events from the devotional prayer of the Seven Sorrows of Mary. Mary endured what must have been the three longest and worst days of her life right after the event depicted. It's interesting that this is also a Mother's Day episode, but we're recording this like a couple weeks after Easter mm-hmm. when Jesus died. So it's it a post-Easter, pre-Mother's Day episode. Lots of festivities. Did God put this on my watch list? A lot of festivities right here. <laughs> 
Mary was sustained not just by the deep memories of joy she gained from being a parent, but also by her faith and belief in her son's words about Easter and resurrection. Life was changed, but it did not end it. Maybe that is why Mary can seem both devastated and serene as part of the sculpture. At the time, people criticized Mary's youthful appearance, believing she looked too young to be the mother of a 33-year-old man. Michelangelo's particular beliefs may account for this artistic choice. He thought that virtuous women did not age, and this is why Mary is portrayed as youthful. For me, this is an important tie-in with Murder Obsession, as Anita Strindberg was only 43, playing the mother of a 31-year-old man. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely a a MILF. She might be on... (laughs) They should be on MILF Manor! Ew! (laughs) This episode's really tying in things I don't... I'm I'm not uh, liking... (laughs) I'll just stop. I'll just stop. (laughs) Though most of the choices in this film don't seem to make much sense, I do love the connection between this Italian and French co-production and the origins of Michelangelo's sculpture. In 1495, a French Roman Catholic cardinal was given the task of enlisting support for the marriage of a king and an heiress to the kingdom of Naples. The failure of this mission resulted in Charles VIII invading the kingdom of Naples with military force. After the Italian War, there was an intense atmosphere between Italy and France. In 1498, a new king of France was named and had the intention of amending the relations with the Pope. This was to be done by arranging the marriage of a wealthy French noblewoman and the son of Pope Alexander VI. The French cardinal found it appropriate to help make amends by gifting them a sculpture that was commissioned to an Italian artist to be placed in a French space inside an Italian cathedral that had been carved out of Italian marble. This is what made the Piata a figurative endorsement of the presence of the French in Rome. The statue is aesthetically harmonious, and the tranquil tone of it corresponded well with the political and religious communication between the two nations. In addition to the classical closing shot with the likeness to Michelangelo's famous sculpture, the closing credits of the film appear on a still photograph of the Black Magic book used for the Black Mass. I thought this wrapped up the film in a really fun yet dark way but like most jolly i wish that those aspects were woven throughout the entire film yeah. and not just tacked into the last 20 30 minutes throw it at your face oh oh okay satanism look at this framing of this shot this is has religious undertones yeah. and this well maybe i don't know there's just like been, a totally different movie when you're done watching it i don't know i guess maybe you have that massive like victorian era mansion like you could have threw like some religious nods throughout like there hints yeah Recurring themes in horror films include parents and children, sex and blood, secrets from the past, loss, repetition, trauma, and death. Murder Obsession includes all of these themes. There's also that creepy crawly sense of an Oedipus complex running throughout this film. The Oedipus complex is a Freudian term that was named after a man that unknowingly killed his father and slept with his mother. Freud said that a boy develops an unconscious infatuation towards his mother and simultaneously fears his father to be a rival. In Murder Obsession, Michael is practically Oedipus personified, as during his childhood he murders his father in a fit of confused, prepubescent, presexual rage. This rage follows him through his adult years, which is clearly seen in the film. It not only plays upon the established norms of the Oedipus complex, but explores the perversion of innocence found in childhood trauma. 
Even years after murdering his father and receiving treatment, there's clearly something weird going on between adult Michael and his mother. Over the course of murder obsession, this repressed feeling in the unconscious resurfaces as Glenda openly blames her son for her husband's death, indicating an unspoken barrier between the two and mirroring what is suggested to be the Oedipus complex. Despite the father being dead and not present physically, he is still a driving factor in Michael's metaphorical separation from his mother. Only with this film, the tables have turned. Glenda is the true killer, a selfish person who blamed her son for her own wrongdoing. It's a great twist, but Murder Obsession puzzles the viewer with hallucinations, red herrings, and a downbeat ending. It plays with the limitations of the horror genre and with a nonsensical Italian flair. That's the blurb. That should be like, you know, they, they do a trailer for this movie, like, Arrow's like, we're gonna re-release this film, and should have Child of the Month Club, and just have that blurb. When I was preparing my notes for this, I got really excited about the film, and like, I liked doing the research on it more than when I was actually watching the movie. I like not because... spending the $2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't spend the $2. Uh, sorry, so it was worth the $2. It was only $2. Um, Who cares? Yeah, I was just like, God, it, it ends with that that shot, then like Michelangelo shot, and Jesus and Mary, and then it has like the black mass over closing credits over the black mass. I'm like, God, this is like such cool stuff. And then when I kind of looked into it deeper, I'm like, it's really like, Felt like it had a lot to say towards the end. It would have been a great short film. For this episode's Flavor of the Month, I wanted to explore mother obsession and obsessive mothers. Wade, do you have anything for the listeners? Uh, yeah, I have The Brood. David nice. David Brood. Very motherhood in a very messed up tone. The Brood is, uh, if you want to watch it, it's streaming on uh, HBO Max or soon to be Max. Boo. Uh, and Criterion Channel. So you can watch it there, or so you can rent it on Amazon or Apple if you wanted to. First one, watching this movie, I was like, oh, this is totally like a deep red Profano Rosso uh, rip. Mm. <laughs> and also, I guess my flavor of the month picks are filled with spoilers. So I guess I should say that again. Like, there's yeah. some spoilers in my flavor of the month picks, considering the mother obsession and obsessive mothers theme. Yeah, deep red, it's streaming on Shutter, Voodoo, and Canopy. Obviously love that one. Charles Theater here in Baltimore was just playing a repertory screening of it. Oh, I've been there in forever. Tapas still there? Tapas is still there. Okay. They actually remodeled inside and it's much better. Oh, and it's much, a lot more room. They still got the cheese? They still have the cheese. Yes. I gotta go. I gotta get it. I gotta go to Charles Theater soon. The cheese! Cheese! Uh, yeah, so Deep Red, that's my first flavor of the month. Uh, now I'm thinking about, I think I have three others. Okay. Six uh, total? So uh, no, I know I, I have four total. Okay, okay. Left left hand left field kind of choice. Peter Jackson's Dead Alive or Brain Dead, which is only on Amazon. You can rent on Amazon, uh, but you can also buy it on DVD, pretty cheap. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, very uh, mother's boy kind of thing that has insane, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like the mother thing and also the spider. So I'm thinking, well, Dead Alive has that all that charm of ridiculousness and the mother at the end, turns into a giant monster and tries to suck his, her son back into her body. So, yes. Spoilers! I mean, I'm not even going to describe how she does it, so, dead alive. Awesome. My second pick is Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. 1980. Obvious. You know, that's the mother of all mothers. Friday the 13th, OG, streaming on Prime Video. Uh, mine is a Tales from the Crypt episode. 
Uh, I brought it back to your request and probably to everyone else's request. You can't stream it anywhere, sorry. Um, YouTube? You can watch it on YouTube underwater. Uh, or you can buy DVDs. Pretty I think that they're easy to get on eBay or probably VPNs or something like that. It's a movie, you, it's an episode you did on Tales from the Pond Crypt, Lover Come Hack to Me. Oh, I like that episode. Yeah, yeah with yeah, the yeah. mother. Yeah, yeah. It's a little spoilerish, but I'm not going to go any further, but that episode it's is episode. pure mother mother issues. Well, where can they listen to the episode of us oh, talking about it? Oh, you can listen it? to it on, uh, all just, just search Tales from the Pod Crypt on, it's on Anchor, it's on Spotify, it's on all that stuff. I'm slowly putting them back on the YouTube, but, you know, that takes a little time. But, uh, you can find, you know, Apple, whatever. Yeah, Go check out Tales from the Pod Crypt. My third flavor of the month is Macabre by Lumberto Baba. I don't want to... Sp- well, I've never seen why. it. Um, and it's streaming on Voodoo and Tubi. And I have two more after us. Okay, I have one more. Okay. And maybe one of yours. I may, have okay. a, I may have a fifth if you didn't pick this one. Okay. My fourth is we're going to Palma on this one. Uh, you can get on like Amazon and Apple and YouTube. It's probably showing on TV a lot. Carrie. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. If we're talking about mothers. It's not Ooh. on my list, although De Palma's blowout, yeah. doesn't it open with a fake-out scene just like this one? Which yes, has... yes, it does. Yes, 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 yeah. it does. Yes, it's like a direct a... rip of Murder Obsession. Oh, blowout is also... De Palma. I'm saying now, Blowout's an infinitely better movie <laughs> than Murder Obsession. Obviously. Is that your last one? For right now, if you didn't pick, if you, if you didn't pick an obvious one. So first up, I have Hereditary. Oh! Talk about mother trauma. I didn't think uh, of that one. Family frustration, supernatural natural evil, like, shit gets White wild. Posts. Shit gets wild towards the end. I think that would make a great double feature with this film. That's perfect because the the ties at the end of, mm-hmm. like, kind of like the mysticism. Sacrificing yeah. your children for... Yeah. For the yes. great, greater evil. I didn't even think about that. Hereditary streaming on HBO Max and Canopy. And last, Serial Mom. That's been on a list to watch. John Waters. John Waters. Waters. It's a Baltimore film. I haven't seen, I've seen a lot film. of this. Peacock. Listeners, Serial Mom, 1994. Watch it on Peacock. Uh, I thought you were going to pick this one, but I think this is, this is a... If you're talking about mother issues... I mean, you could a secondary one would be Mother Mommy Dearest, Hereditary. That's I'm still like blown away on that. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good pull. I didn't even think about that film. Wade, I know you always have some stuff going on. So, what do you, would you like to plug or promote on the podcast? Uh, Can you talk about uh, the video game that's coming out soon oh, yeah. that you worked on? Uh, I mean, I'll just be real. Like you know, my day job, I work for a video game company. Yeah, I have a game that I worked on for years in QA. Uh, Redfall. Check it out it's about vampires. Yeah. Xbox, Steam, EGS, our Epic Game Store. For everything else, you can follow me on Letterboxd. That is Suede MCP. You can see all the movies I'm watching, especially with Chattanooga Film Festival happening in June. Yes. You gotta follow me on that so one. I'm excited. Um, I may have to text you, because you know you're doing episode. I might text you a little like, oh, Wade said these movies are good. <laughs> with little blurbs. Yeah, you can follow that. Yeah. Check out Minkadish Productions, youtube.com slash Minkadish Productions. We do Criterion movies. The most recent Criterion movie we did was Last Temptation of Christ, which was our Easter Ooh. episode. But Willem Dafoe does not walk into a fake spider web with a fake spider. So 
there. Is it even real cinema? Well, Martin Scorsese did it, <laughs> so it's cinema. Um, and also, I think uh, the next one we're doing, as an air of this episode, I don't know when this episode airs. Couple days. The one. next Criterion Connection episode is Dress the Kill, which Ooh. I did with you, but Joe hasn't watched it, so mm-hmm. we're watching it together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to be some that was a good episode of the podcast. I, I, I would, yeah, yeah I love that movie is so good. Oh my yeah. gosh! I told uh, Joe, Joe, and then Joe's like, "Let's do that episode," and I was like, and I sent him like that Michael Caine at the end of Batman, yeah, where he just like nods <laughs> at the at the the French restaurant or whatever. Um. Uh, also, Butterfly Black Velvet, check it out. Uh, Minkadish uh, Productions Instagram has the link. It is Minkadish Productions. My short film that you're associate producer on. Mm-hmm. It's Jalo inspired. Uh, it is Minkadish Productions.square.site. You can buy it for like $7. It's going to be $10 with shipping if you're in America, so it's like $3 shipping. I made it even. Also, Sweet Guy, my, that's my Instagram. <laughs> check that out. <laughs> I post. Stories about stuff I do, my cat, wrestling. <gasps> Maybe about, some... Can we talk about wrestling real quick? Yes, yeah, so let's talk about okay, wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling both, real quick. We, we, we both want the New Japan. We got to talk about we want the New Japan and DC. I woke collision. up uh, last weekend at th- 2 a.m. to watch the stardom queendom. 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 3 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday yeah, morning. Because they don't tell you that there's an hour pre-show. That... They told me, and I got up for it. It uh, was like, it should have just been part of the event. But, I'd like, wa- I'm glad I've, I watched it. And I watched Stardom from afar, just like I know Julia, Queen, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched this couple- Tam, of, I, also I, a Queen. I, I watch a couple, of, like, matches or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not, like, deep in it. So yeah, I yeah. got Stardom World, because yeah. I do New Japan World. And also yeah. I do Pro Wrestling Noah and stuff like that. So I'm like, let me get into Stardom. So this is my first full event I watched. It was an amazing event. So good. All of the titles swapped. Yes. All the titles swapped. The costumings were amazing. The storylines were amazing. Christy really just, liked Just Japanese ladies pro wrestling, just kicking ass. Yeah. And then just all all queens except for Mercedes Monet. Yeah. She's a CEO. <laughs> She's a CEO. Christy, she doesn't, she's like kind of like getting into wrestling yeah. a little bit. She's trying to still find her niche. Yeah. Like, yours was uh, Japanese, was your niche. Yeah. Um, but so she's, she saw Restart, which is a Kari mm-hmm. car, and... Yeah, uh, Restart. N- this, Nitsupoi. Mm-hmm. Natsupoi. Uh, yeah. Natsupoi. But they're all wearing, like, pirate mm-hmm. gear, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I like their outfits. Okay. And then, I, and then she saw Julia and Tam's oh, yeah, yeah. entrance outfits. Yeah, yeah, <gasps> yeah. so good. They're, also, oh, God, they're so Mercedes so Monet coming out with Tiger Mask. Yeah, uh, Eddie Guerrero. Two. But, like... But also, it was the trainer. I don't know. It's funny because her, like, closing press conference when she she was like, I called my my CPA and they said, I'm bad. still rich. Oh, that's bad. So, it was bad. It was no, bad. That was funny. And I didn't like her through her entire couple month reign. But then that, like, closing press conference, I was like, that's funny. I was like, that was funny. If she sort of dropped the WWE bad acting of it all... I would have liked her a lot more, but she was overacting and trying to oversell stuff. Joshi Pro Wrestling does not do that. Oh, no. Uh, they just beat each other's butts. So that said, every match she has had in, in uh, for the IWGP World Cha- Women's Championship has been good. It's Great. been good because the people that she's against 
know how to sell it to make I'm, her I'm look. I'm so glad to make her look she's good. not using that one variation of her finish. No, no, no. The DDT bad idea. It's because she couldn't do it, so she. It's a really overcomplicated <laughs> move. It's not like uh, oh god, Suzu's uh, what's it called tequila shot. It's not as intricate as that. Yeah, yeah. Also, the Suri match was hard hitting. She is. I love Suri because she looks 14 years old and 40 years old at the same yes. time. Yes. Doesn't matter how, what age she is, she's going to murder you. I must ask, because spoilers, Tam Nakano <laughs> won the title. Yes. What is going on with the Tam Nakano, Tam Nakano? The Tam thing? versus Tam. What is that? Well, Stardom has just lost the shit. If it became re- a shallow film. I was going to say, if you really, if you really want to know, it's the the new Tam, the twi- evil t- twin Tam, or just the twin Tam, is a former ice ribbon wrestler. That ended, she's coming over. I'm sure Star but just cloning. That whole gimmick of Tam versus Tam is, I it's just nuts. I love it. It's so bizarre. Now, I'm like, I love Stardom so much. I now, love the Stardom. Now I hope there's, a, there's an Okada Okada clone. That'd be too much handsome. No, it'd be like Okada versus Sonata. Oh, with his new, his new glam up. I love, I love his little thing. Yeah, where he's just you know, that's his new thing. Good for Sonata. I did not realize that was hiding under that facial hair. I kind of what a the handsome. Hair. I don't know what a handsome dude. Maybe not the blonde facial hair, but the facial hair. We had fun at New Japan. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Uh, David Finley. I lost my voice the next day and like to the point that I thought I had like strep throat the next day because I had no voice. Yeah. Just booing all yeah. of the white men. And then Zack Sabre <laughs> Jr. did like a promo like on the screen and you were like, hello, governor. And I was like, I have no clue what he said at all. He was speaking very thick Cockney British and no clue. You need subtitles. That was fun. Oh, I love Japanese wrestling so it's so much. good. Check out, if you need Japanese wrestling, New Japan, it's on Access TV on random nights. I don't know when it is. But Access, New Japan World is only 999 yen, which is like $8 in US yeah. dollars. Check that out. Pro Wrestling Noah is on Wrestle Universe, which comes with DDT and uh, uh, TJPW, which is Joshi Wrestling and something else. I forget what the other one is. Uh, and also Stardom World. Which is uh, sadly they don't have an app. Oh, I'm really excited app. for next month's guest because I'm going to be talking about wrestling a whole bunch next month as well. <laughs> ah, well, I, I must tell ask you have to ask what's his favorite wrestler of all time, what's his favorite entrance music of all time, and that's all. Well, I'm going to probably ask other things as well, but yes. maybe we might talk about a Jalo. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> also, I, I also great Muda had a great uh, check out Noah. Great Mudo just retired on there, but they have mm-hmm. great production quality. They shoot on 4K cameras with some of the cameras. I'm like, they're great quality for a company that's on the rise. Yeah, that Stardom event had really good quality. Usually yes. the cam- There's only a few times where the camera work went a little wonky, and usually the music is like blowing out the speakers, but they had really good production value. The entrance oh, looked really good. Before we close, Club Venus with uh, uh, Tecla. Tecla? Tecla. Tecla. Yeah. They I took her. They took to, her metal, her like metalcore music, and then they were doing their little cutesy club. I kind of want Tecla to be the leader of Club Venus right now. I kind of <laughs> want her to be uh, Prima Del Mondo. She's so good. Yeah, she's so good. Let's all right. Let's talk about Jalo. I don't know. I just talk about wrestling forever. You know, Tim you know and Julia must watch match. Watch it. It's so gosh the welts on their face i thought tam the she has to be her face was swollen yeah she did uh she has a an album 
a music album that she like promoted the next day. She had like a press day the next day. And I needed to get makeup tips from Tam because she was wearing, she had probably like foundation or concealer or whatever one, but you could hardly tell that she like got the shit beat out of her the night before. I thought you think they hate each other. They do hate each other. That's what makes it so wonderful. Like, I feel they like hate they each other mar- so much. They hate each other so much. I'm like, they do. I feel like I hate them too. I don't know. No, I, it makes me not be able to, I'm like, don't murder each other don't do Julia, it queen well like the mic the Micah and the hameka match like they're best friends they're like married and i'm like yeah. don't hurt each other just hug each other and just, just so you walk know out. audience your your partner is not team julia but right here on this podcast well we're team full, like, full life no we're team julia and tam hating each other yes that's but, what we we cheer equally for both of them like we have uh my partner josh and i have stardom shirts. We have a Julia shirt and a Tam shirt, and we take turns wearing both cute. of them. It was cute. You're doing the New Japan show. It was cute. We just love it so much. Back to Murder Obsession, which Murder I Obsession. Jell of the Month Club is now on Letterboxd. You can follow the list titled Jell of the Month Club for every movie reviewed on the podcast, including Murder Obsession. You can also follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club for all the Jollo goodness you can handle. I'm trying to be better about tweeting from Jollo the Month Club's Twitter account. I don't tweet from it a lot. I've started using it on Joe Bob Nights. So I think that's going to be a thing. Engage with some mutant fam. Logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Vegan Patches Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. And you can follow myself, your host, Diana, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at DianaNK. If you follow me on Letterboxd, you'll know which movie will be featured on the next episode because I log everything that I watch. If you see me and Wade watching the same movie... the same jalo that likely means wade will be joining me on an episode or maybe i just said this jalo is really good watch it maybe yeah Yeah, maybe (laughs) listeners thank you for joining us on this trip to an italian commune for some giant spooky spiders and black masses and little religious allegories hairy butts full frontal michael had a hairy butt let's just say (laughs) it As always, I'm your host, Diana Koch. No way.